Hello, everybody, and welcome to our second episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa. What's up, everybody? This is Skittles. What's good, everybody? What's good? It's your boy DJ SJ614. With the longest name intro, as <laughs> always. So, ladies who brunch in. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. So, this week, um, a lot has gone on, so we have a lot to cover uh, for sure. Indeed. But I want to have our guest say a little bit more about himself. Who the fuck are you, Derek? Um, I's B, the boy from the block. Nah, um,. As I said before, you know, it's your boy DJ SJ614 from the New York Dose podcast. Um, I am an actor, primarily content creator, poet, playwright, director. Um, I does a lot of the creative shit. So um, that's me. Absolutely. And similar to our guest last week, um, I've known Derek since we were in high school. Also from the MCC from, yeah. theater company. And I have the weirdest connection to Derek because... You met Derek in high school outside of the MCC theater world, and then he went to high school with my other <laughs> best friend, Melanie Gonzalez. MGA. Uh, at Talent Unlimited. Yes. So we was bound to be it was fate. friends. It was destiny. <laughs> I really do feel like a lot of our artist friends who we're connected to, it's, it's like ordained it's preordained yeah we're super. supposed to know each other we're supposed to work with each other yeah um and you know so new york dose is uh derek's podcast but he had a very successful podcast before his rebranding yes. um which was the bodega podcast CCC. um which was also really awesome um and gained a lot of tractions and yes. was climbing up um so derek really is a little bit of a podcast master yeah, yeah i was thinking about it the other day i was like yo it's going almost on two years for me because yeah. that started in december of 2015 so almost december again yeah. part of the reason why i even did this thing it was like yeah like i knew podcast was a thing and i knew that you know npr had good ones and mm -hmm. all these like fancy schmancy like educational ones and ones that are not so educational but like for me radio like, and not only did I do it in college, but, like, as a Latina, like, having, like, a radio voice and having radio personalities is so, like, just a part of it. Like, La Mega is part of my life. You mm. know what I mean? Like, it was a part of the culture of my upbringing and, and having those voices, like, making those inappropriate jokes. And it was really, like, an outlet. And I find that, you know, now in 2017, there's a very specific niche market, which is us first generations who, you know, identify a lot with American culture because we were born here. But at the same time, like, there's some of that Latin flavor yeah. that American markets don't know how to throw to us because they don't know it they exactly. don't understand it and it's not their standard like latin things we cover so for me you know i was like fuck this like you know bodega podcast was already out and i was like yeah that's dope but even then i was like i want to go further like yeah. i want it to be my voice and i want it to be skittles you know with mm. my voice and whoever else we decide to bring on anyway let's jump right in so what is your favorite brunch plate derek my favorite blunt brunch blunch plate. <laughs> That's the mimosas. Um, my favorite brunch plate is maybe I want to say I'm really basic when it comes to food, like nothing crazy. So I would say like a two two two, like two eggs, two pancakes, two turkey bacon. Okay. Now, are you into like any like specialty pancakes? Like, I know like the fall season's coming up. You give me a pumpkin pancake, I'll, I'll love you forever. Okay, you see that? Uh, no, like I I like my pancakes like how I like my pizza plain. 
Oh. Just yeah, I'm very basic when it comes to food. Okay. Yeah. So with that's that, disappointing. It's so I feel like I'm so extravagant in all other aspects of my life. Like I had to take the basic button someplace, and it just fell in like <laughs> food. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't even know what you're missing. All right. Well, then maybe we'll get a little bit more exciting and ask. Uh, let's see what your the favorite fuck I brunch. Trying to call me boring. <laughs> get a laugh. I should have picked another dish. Let's get a little more exciting. What is your favorite brunch booze? My favorite brunch booze is definitely mimosa. I am my favorite. So basic. So basic. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally what I said. I was like, what? <laughs> 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 now, now you got it, guys. DJ Usher, six months Basic as fuck. Um, no, I like it's so funny because I like any booze with orange juice infused. So my favorite cocktail is screwdriver. My favorite, you know, brunch drink is mimosa. It's very basic. Yeah, it's very basic on my plate. Wow, I would not want to marry you. What's for dinner? Popeyes. (laughs) If you're nasty. All right, so uh, what was going out to eat like when you were a kid growing up? Going out to eat was, um, hmm, okay, the the fondest memory I can think of about eating out was um, when I used to be, I used to be an acolyte at um, my church. Um, I go to an Episcopalian church, so it's kind of this like fusion of uh, Catholicism and Christianity. It's a lot of the, it's a lot of the, actual ceremonies and practices that um the christian like scriptures have um so like you know we we have the actual like cross bearer and we you know we do the stuff with the smoke and we do communion every sunday and this that and the third so um i was an acolyte my grandmother is an acolyte and those things like that and like our whole family kind of like goes to church like my nana who's like 90 something like it's just like a very like it's a very just like family oriented thing and every sunday after church we would go to the lindenwood diner and um, we had our favorite like waiter there, and we would eat, and that was like an every Sunday thing. And I would always get my chocolate con leche, <laughs> and um, you know my my basic ass breakfast meal or whatever, and it would be lit. Other than that, I remember sometimes going to Red Lobster with my mom a lot. Uh, well, not just her, like my mom and my aunt, we would go to Red Lobster a lot, and yeah, I think it was just like Red Lobster and like the diner a lot as a child. Yo, I didn't go to Red Lobster until I was like in college, I think. Or no, no, maybe maybe like senior in high school with my brother, but like Red Lobster was not something my family did. That was too fancy. I lived lived walking distance from a Red Lobster and I never went to Red Lobster. That Red Lobster Lobster. is still there by your house? Yes, Big Plaza. Yeah. Yeah, I live walking distance from that all my life, and I've never been through. See, like we're knowledge. talking about it, and I want some now. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely had endless shrimp after last week. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> did. <laughs> Jesus, and like un- unapologetically too. Endless shrimp for the world. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. So eating out, like you know, you had these like a lot of these chain restaurants that were like sacred when we were younger are now like going under because they say we don't go there anymore. Right. Um, and I get it. Like there's just better food, but also there are just days where you crave those very specific that memory. foods. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, what is Derek, your favorite bochinche topic to, to talk about over a meal? Um, uh, honestly me. 
Um, <laughs> and I really realized this the other day. It was my friend's birthday, and she had her like birthday brunch. And I definitely strolled in like 40 minutes late. Mind you, it's like hot outside right now, so I showed in 40 minutes late with my leopard fur coat on and my crown from um, my birthday. Yeah. And oh my I just like made an entrance, and everybody was like, "No, this motherfucker!" Da, da, da. And then the next 15 minutes was all about me, as I you know usually like it. Um, but if it's not going to be about me, then I love also just like spilling tea over brunch i feel like there's something very classy about spilling tea <laughs> with the mimosa in your hand and like an egg on your plate like something very just like classy and bitchy about it that i love absolutely yeah. absolutely i love that <laughs> all right so let's it's time to do our here's to the ladies who cheer um Ooh. and skittles why don't you go ahead and give our first cheers yes because i'm very excited about this first cheers <laughs> i want to cheers to my girl azealia banks she's coming out with her new movie hey. um love beats at love beats rhythm love beats rhymes okay um and it's starring her with jill scott common and a bunch of other huge, like, black names. And I'm just excited for people to see her in another light because I want people to, like, love her again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the commercial came out online, Entertainment, uh, Entertainment, Entertainment Tonight um, released it. And Ooh, I don't know, it looks that really link. good. It looks like, to me, it looks like Love and Hip Hop meets um, Save the Last Dance. Mm. No, no, not love and hip hop. I was gonna say scratch that. ratchet. Yeah, that scratch yet. that. Um, PG, like <laughs> it's, it's 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 love and basketball meets save the last dance. Oh, At least okay. according to the commercial, that's what I've taken from it, and I'm really excited about that because I love those movies. Send me that link. I love her. You yeah. know, and here's the truth: as a person who was actually <laughs> down in that basement with her, watching her act and whatever. <laughs> no, but honestly, like you can say a lot of shit about Azealia if you want, but like the bitch can act her ass off um so i'm really excited to see if we get to see that or if you know me and juan have differences in our movie taste if it is a save the last dance uh, you know, <laughs> you know, like if it you is what basketball, I say it is, she's gonna hate it i'm probably gonna hate it but that doesn't mean that i i'm not gonna be proud of her and bigging her up and like right. think she did a good job i just think that there's such a specific style that those movies are that it doesn't matter how good she does like it's almost like she can't win because the lines will probably be really corny <laughs> so you know what I mean so you it's so hard and then I common gets those roles all the time too and he's so sexy I'm like yo they're underutilizing yeah. and even for Jill Scott I just hope they're not underutilizing their acting skills just for the sake of some like yeah. what well, else does the, she feel in good the, in, in the, the movie? commercial yeah. what we get from the commercial she's a student in college she's going to poetry class she, I love this. and she's also a rapper <laughs> I love it She's also a rapper. Jill Scott is her professor. Okay. And she comes in thinking she's badass. She raps in class. And then Jill Scott is like, that shit was whack. Find something that you're scared of. Find something that you're deeper. Find this, find that. So Jill Scott plays this, like, professor, you know? Yeah, the prophetic um, professor. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. <laughs> Listen, I'm here for my girl, so I'm excited, too. What else does she have to do with it? Is she just acting on it? Or does she also, like, write some of it? Or I think she's only acting. Okay. I, I would have to look it up. I, I don't know if she's done anything else, but she does write her own shit. Like, that right, is something right. that she does do. It could be that she didn't for the movie because yeah. of the 
writer had a specific like type of rap and type of rapper style for the character, then you know she'll have to follow that. But she does, you know. And a lot of people say like, "Oh, I can't understand what she's saying." And I'm like, "I get it." Like at a first listen, sometimes you might miss a lot of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. But like if you really like vibe and listen to the song a couple of times, and you catch, it. you'll get it's into it, it. Yeah. and you can get what she's saying. And that shit is just like you. You just have to be as fast as the energy that yeah. she's throwing out. You when, have to be when present. You have to right, be you have to be present with the song. Yeah. And she does say some fun shit. So she really does. You know. I feel like Azealia is going to be an ongoing topic here. I love her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, and you know, I do too. And a lot of people, you know, always like try to frame that around like the fact that we went to school together. And that's actually just not true. Like there are things that, you know, I'm willing to accept as problematic about things that she says. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I think what you understand someone's context a a little bit past with the media allows you to see that you're you're more I'll use the word forgiving, but you're you're a little more understanding of how you're going to be critical. Like, I understand that she's wrong a lot of times, but the way that people just want to lash out and be like, oh, she's just a complete hater and she's just untalented and she needs to ride other people's talent. Like to me, it's like, okay, maybe she is hating in this moment, but she doesn't she has the talent. Yeah. It's not that she needs to write like moments yeah. like that. People say that I, you her know, been to one of her yeah, I'm like you haven't actually seen her in action. Like she yeah. has the talent. Like we can talk about her mouth being controlled so that people can see past her mouth. Right. But the the bitch got where she got because of who she is and her talent. Like, I was, you cannot um, take that away from her. We were just talking on the New York Dose about like separating like the artist from like their personal life, and of course, like she came up is one of the examples. It was like her, like Bill Cosby, and some other niggas. You and said you don't buy that crazy mental health stuff I, I heard that episode yeah. <laughs> I heard the no, episode no, no. actually she came up again, again. the one that we like right. just recorded yeah that's like not out yet and I basically was saying that like I can absolutely 100% separate like her crazy mouth you know like from her art because at the end of the day she is a fucking like genius you know what I mean like yeah. she her art speaks for itself you know so and someone who was on while and out we're in this group chat together and someone posted some shit about somebody talking shit about azalea i don't know if you guys saw it i didn't see it yet so dre posted oh, okay. it in the group chat right um shout out to dre Kwan. stirring so, the pot right <laughs> stirring the pot in the group chat as per because that was definitely a sub tour it's uh, me yeah, of course um, <laughs> so i feel like we always go into the sub towards you it's and because all, it's always, always a sub like, towards me it's never a sub to anybody else I was about to say I love <laughs> always appreciate the subs like I'm just here for it I'm like Ooh. yeah so some somebody uh, Jessica Robin Moore um, was talking shit about Azealia and then like posted because um, Azealia's concert was on Groupon for some town that she was in for $16 and she also like posted a picture. Azealia recently, I guess, did a photo shoot, and her tits were like out. But she started making fun of her tits and saying, "Yo, who suck your titties together?" Like making like a joke about the lack of space between her two breasts. You just can't um, fucking win these days. Yeah, she's like, she was like, "Bitch, where exactly is the middle of your chest?" Um, yeah, who did this to you? How your titties connected? Not who did this to you. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Done. You know, and like, so she, so she, she, and she called them like tumor titties, like just really disrespectful. And to me, like, you know, a lot of people, I bet you are going to write on this and be like, oh, well, good for her because like that's how she talks about other people. Right. Yeah, Azalea does cut ass. and But if Azalea really goes in on this girl, there's going to be a problem. Like, exactly. Like, then, then people are going to be upset gonna about it. Then they're going to be mad about because it. Because they're just rooting for her to, to get made fun of anyway, so right. they're not going to care. But let me tell you something. I just want to say it, you know, on the air, not that I got the most followers in the world, <laughs> but I just want you guys to know that Azalea 
is unfazed by her tits. She used to make a <laughs> yes, joke. Yes. She used to make a joke in the locker room. She used to, her and another female in the drama department had titties like that, and she would call them unitit. Like, she would hey. call them unitit. You know what I mean? So she's aware of her body. So to me, like, when females are coming at each other in the media, the way we body shame each other and then turn around and be try to be examples for other women is right. kind of like, you know, like, that's equally as petty. And if we're not going to act that this, you know, chick is not just as petty, like, there's two petty people going back and forth. Right. But that's petty, and that's fucked up. Because then there's other young girls out there with unitids who are feeling some type of way right now, and you're body shaming them. So like, fuck you. Let me tell you, unitids, y'all are loved. All right, y'all are loved. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, moving along. um, Eminem's BET. Uh, freestyle. So I want to drink to that, not because it was like the best freestyle ever, because it wasn't, but freestyling is freestyle. Like, I can't freestyle for shit. So I'm, this is not hating to Eminem. Mm. But shout out to him for once again proving that, like, sometimes white people only want to listen to white people because everyone now is losing All their goddamn sudden. mind. Like, oh, wow, hip hop is such a political <laughs> vessel. Wow, <laughs> Eminem so craftfully po- called out the president. NWA, fuck the police. Like, and even further, like, you know, fight the power. Like, hip hop has always been a voice of the revolution. So, like, I do not understand, nor do I appreciate this idea that Eminem, you know what I mean, somehow, like, said something that was mind boggling. Right. You know, I do appreciate him saying it, though, because I think he, or I hope that he understands that, like, white people only like listening to each other. Mm-hmm. So. It's great that he did that, and now some white people listen to him a little more and are like, yeah, you know, like, fuck Trump. But whatever, we've only been saying fuck Trump since before the nigga got fucking nominated. Before he was even a a Republican nominee, like, you know, whatever. Um, But shout out to him for saying it, and, like, whoever was somehow woke from this rap strap in like stay for the ride do not disappear with him he's still gonna, gonna be, be making a, some like whack Amy tracks last here week it's going to be a long yeah yeah long. yeah absolutely um all right and then also i wanted to say shout out to everybody calling out harvey weinstein because this guy is like he's just another example of the typical you have someone in power who understands their power and takes advantage of it and you know you know basically molests people with his power Mm. um so i think it's great that folks have been stepping up um and i one person who stepped up and not about harvey specifically but um about just having to deal with that in the industry was terry cruz who we is most beloved for being in white chicks as the black guy who dates the white girl for those people who need that clarification um terry cruz talks about how one time he was at a party and this guy groped him. Um, and you know, like in that moment, like he had to stop himself from spazzing out because he knew that the way that story would be spun was like, you know, angry black man pretty much wiling out on like a Hollywood producer who groped him. And it was like a, a like a you're a black guy, you have a big dick type of joke, which is completely inappropriate. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But him stepping up and saying like, yeah, it even happens to Terry. Like people even have the balls to Terry Crew, who looks like he will, sn- you know, snap someone, yeah, yeah. right, in half to touch them inappropriately. And I think that we don't talk a lot often about the over-sexualization of black men um, mm. in the industry, which is why, like, Guilty. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 
absolutely right so it's something that is so sort of ingrained in our culture that like we don't even catch it like immediately you think black guy and you start thinking about you start mouth watering start over the idea of a big dick mm-hmm. like it's the first thing that goes to your mind and if you say it's not one of the first thing that goes to your mind you're, you're lying, lying. Yeah. like you know what I mean and guilty <laughs> like guilty like I guilty. think about I apologize to every black man I have ever right <laughs> <liked>. no <laughs> and it's hard and I struggle with it sometimes actually or you know at some point recently I had a moment where I was going to be intimate with someone and I was like struggling with the pants um, and he wasn't helping me and I was just like is this you making me having to ask to to, like consent to this like is this consent (laughs) Um, (laughs) and he was like he was like he was like I don't know maybe maybe you do need consent and I'm like wow that's like a like that's a weird moment like if I'm trying to be like sexy and like you know, I'm trying to suck his and dick. <laughs> yeah, and then suddenly, like, I can't boil his pants down. But, like, he's not helping me. Is him not helping me also, like, saying no? Because yeah. if I was a woman and a guy's trying to, like, like, if I'm in a movie theater or something and right. I'm not helping you, you know what I mean? But I'm not making a scene about you touching me. That probably means I don't want you to touch me. Right. If I don't adjust myself to make this easier Easy. for both of us. Um, oh. So it's so interesting to think about consent as a woman. And it's that double standard shit. I have to take ownership of that. As women, we think that we can throw ourselves on men because nine times out of ten, they probably want it. Right. But what about the moments that they don't and we get pushy and I feel so bad about that. I'm like, <laughs> ah, am I a luster? No, and I say that oh, as a man. joke, but actually, also, yeah. I, not as a joke. Like, no, I never think to real. ask consent of men. Damn. Like, I just think, like, oh, yeah, they want You want this pussy, nigga. You want this pussy, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I don't like go around sitting on faces without <laughs> consent, you know? Imagine. But But I do think about it, right. you know? <laughs> but I do think about it. Um, anyway, I think we need to continue calling out guys like Harvey Weinstein. I think that... This is the guy that um I, I feel like I remember hearing an account about him um, with this, like, woman who was like he like had employed her for something and they were like in the hotel room together and then he was like trying to get her to like take a shower with him and is that this guy i mean there's so many stories out and that yeah it's possible that that's his story i also heard a story of um i forgot which actress it was she was 17 and he was like he came out in pajamas and like offered her alcohol once she was like no i have school tomorrow and then like turned him down then like years later she kept he kept like coming on to her over the years and um, she continuously had to say no. And um, it became a joke like, oh, she always denies me. Right. It was like a running joke about uh-huh. him, which was just completely inappropriate. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate. And, and then I, I think a big conversation that came up around this that was also important was the idea that uh, men, when they want to speak in solidarity to these issues, go, we all have sisters and moms and, you know, daughters who this could be them. And it's like, you should stand up for that even if your mama's dead, you ain't got no sisters and you ain't getting nobody pregnant. Like, right. this is just, like, people shouldn't touch each other, which is, you know, why I also have to be critical of myself. Like, what I'm saying, like, am I asking consent? Like, these things are actually all tied together. It should not matter who you know. Yeah. Or, like, oh, you know, I knew it was a problem, but I didn't speak up. Or, you know, and then trying to, I don't know, like, people need to be careful. Matt Damon was talking about it in all types of whack ways. I, I won't want to, I don't want to <laughs> waste any more energy on it, but, like, just knowing that, I hope that the Harvey Weinsteins in any industry, like, I hope that their day is coming. We have a president who sort of embodies this negative behavior and, like, people are allowed. Like, I can't wait until this motherfucker is not president anymore and then people who were silenced will speak out because I'm sure he's up there, you know, fucking grabbing pussy in the White House somewhere, you know. Anyway, any 
Hui. Um, yeah, and another shout out I wanted to give out, speaking of the literal devil, is to Trump because he met the president of the Virgin Islands. And, you know, no. I just think that, you know, congratulations. how cool, congratulations, you know, I, because maybe a mirror every morning isn't enough and i think that maybe going to the virgin islands he was able to sort of have an outer body experience and really truly meet himself for the first time you know it's so funny my my cousin she sent me she basically sent me like her google search of like when trump's like birthday was and um she sent it to me because me and he and i have the same birthday so she was wait you and Trump have the same exact birth date or like the same sign no he was born on June 14th no oh my god yes, <laughs> I, I discovered this while like the live yeah I discovered this live oh my god while this doing makes so much sense exactly that's terrible Derek this is why I have not been like really bothered like this whole time because like I understand I don't agree with any fucking thing that he's doing but I understand it as a fellow Gemini especially the shit with him going to the Virgin Islands and meeting himself this is some <laughs> typical Gemini shit like I have to say like this is some typical Gemini shit like I meet with myself at least once a month like I get it I fucking get it like you know um yeah no but it's insane she sent that to me and I was like yeah I know like I literally discovered it live like on the bodega like because i was looking up some other shit about trump and i was like holy shit guys we have the same birthday and ever since the then, worst oh, yeah no. let me say something about Derek's ass <laughs> he is one of the most conniving like heartless people that i know uh in in the most loving way possible you know yeah. what i mean like he's on the right side of the cause at right, least right. he's not like on trump's side I'm using my but it's for good. scary oh, but God. it's fucking scary it's, um it's a very um Honestly, every other Gemini I've met besides myself um, is out of their fucking mind. Um, yeah. I can yeah. turn that switch on, but I just choose not to. Yeah, so. just like Kanye. Kanye yeah, exactly. A yeah. Like, I love you, but you're definitely a Gemini. Yeah. And you are crazy, which brings us to, to <laughs> our next segment. Puta <laughs> <laughs> loca, All right, where right? we call out motherfuckers who are doing the most. The most. I... <laughs> this is all you because you told me about this I, so this one's all you just like <laughs> I'm going to preface this by saying like I grew up watching women who like love who are ride or die women for their men and get tattoos you know of anniversaries of names and things like that oh, but God. this big Sean tattoo on Janae Aiko. Yeah. On Janae Aiko was just too much. I was like, first of all, like I felt my, my inner mother came I feel out. Like she's where, too talented for that. So I was gonna say my all my Hispanic womanisms came out in the literally the minute I saw it, and I was like, "Yeta loca." It's literally <laughs> like literally how I even named the segment because I literally was like, uh -huh. I, "I was like, yata loca." His whole fucking face detailed on her body. Like, it looks like a picture. Yeah. It probably Se dañó el cuerpo. Like, she messed up her body is what my immediate reaction is. And then I realized how judgmental I was being, blah, 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 for all those people who, like, whip everyone for being yeah. PC. I get it. Because there are the people like, that say, like, if, if you get a tattoo, it should be of what you want. It doesn't matter. Right. Matter. And I get story. it. But I'm going to be judgmental right now. Face. I'm going to Sound openly be judgmental yes. right now. Like, <laughs> and that shit was just too much because I, it was big and I just don't 
I have trouble believing in Hollywood like love. Relationship. You know yeah. what I mean? And right. and I'm just like, what? So what was the reason? My behind question that? is like, hey yo, Sean, boy, how big is you? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. But like, I've had big dick. Bo- I've had dick that is like memor, like that I still think of. You yeah, know what I mean? Like t- I, I've had fantastic dick. But the thought of th- tattooing that gentleman's face on my body is not the immediate thing. And I've seen it like where it's kids, where it's people's kids, and I'm like, you know, I guess that makes more sense to me. If I'm going to do a face of my child, like no matter what I do in my life, I'm that person's parent, and mm-hmm. so that's always going to be a part of me. So I get that, but niggas come and go niggas ain't shit like mm-hmm. i i couldn't get a tattoo of that you know on my body and i even even struggle with like dates and names and things like that because you know how many for every time i've seen that someone get the name of a person on a tattoo every single person that i was there for before the tattoo appeared has since had to get a different tattoo mm-hmm. to cover what they got nuts so i just think it's uh, not just a, a little bit of a, co- a commitment that i don't think too much be. i yeah i yeah. can't do tattoos on myself i would be over it in a week yeah, yeah. So i understand yeah, oh, yeah. um so i want to talk about how cardi b is just a little too pretty for the guy from Migos that she's dating. I don't know what his name is. This is another tuta loca. Yeah, another yeah. tuta loca. I'm being shady. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't know what um, this like. came from. This came from. So um, this which, basically yeah, came from. Dating? So I, she date. She's dating the one that goes um. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but which one in that? Isn't it more than that's more than yeah, one person? Wh- I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I want to say Quavo, but I don't know if Quavo is a member of Migos. Right, but go on, but anyway, go on. Anyway, I'm getting this from, I saw a video of Cardi B leaving the Hip Hop Awards and he brought her flowers. And so he brought her a bouquet of flowers and her reaction was... Oh, you want to get that neck? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what, bitch? Go ahead and proclaim that you're going to suck his dick tonight. Yes. But then I, it like panned over to him, and I was like, oh, girl. Like, there are cuter members of Migos that you could be, like, giving Aww. that neck to. She kind of, He kind of looks like someone's ex-girlfriend that I know. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> offset. Offset is, his, offset is his name. Offset. Yeah, Offset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, you know honestly, what? let me tell you something. I'm gonna look at him real quick. I I, like, I, I'm actively looking at him on Instagram. But I will say this: say, say this, shadiness aside. Okay, I think that he's not cute enough for her. However, I think her dating a member of Migos is gonna secure her in the hip hop industry because Migos came out with Bad and Bougie, which was a number one song for like months. Yeah, and they've been on mad other artist songs, and they come out with hits. They're hit makers. They are. So I think that he's they're gonna not, promise her a hit. He's not that ugly. He's like not that cute though. How did, how did, this, <laughs> how did this arrangement happen? Was it like she was rising up and then they got together, or was it? While I don't she even was know. I don't even know that deeply into it. Okay. I don't how deeply into it. I, I don't I'm think curious. they've been dating. He just saw. I don't think they've he been just dating. likes Cardi, doesn't care about Migos, loves Cardi, <laughs> and saw what was happening and then decided to look up just so he understood who this ugly motherfucker was next time so he could talk about it. I have enough information about this ugly. <laughs> this, this is me sexualizing a black man. Yes. There it is. There yeah. It is. Oh my God. Um. Another, <laughs> another tuta loca is to the people who are like sending death threats to a hockey team who decided to um, 
raise their fists during the anthem. Mm. Um, we even had the, the soccer team from Germany also took a knee. Like the world is watching. Like other sports teams are, yeah. are catching on to the Colin Kaepernick sort of, you know, fire. I heard that just to sort of revisit Colin Kaepernick this week very, very quickly. Like I heard that the NFL is trying to really like make it a rule rule that if people decide to kneel during the anthem, like some serious shit can like they can lose their jobs and stuff. Yeah. And go ahead. Um um Yes, like like you said, um everybody is watching, everybody like knows and I think a lot of other like uh, leagues want to do it, but I feel I think the rules in some of the leagues are way more stricter than they are in the NFL. Cause I, I don't. I think it's basketball. I think it's like in basketball where like if they try some shit like that, like they're like done. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think the rules are a little bit more like wired. Um, and I think that the NFL are trying to adapt those NBA rules so that it can be like as like strict and wired um as it is. So yeah, yeah I feel you. It's just. You know, we were saying we were saying last week how you know uh, the sports world wants to like function outside of politics, but the way they function is super political. Yeah. Um, and this motherfucker still don't have a job. Like, there's a lot going on that, you know, I I, I had like even before coming down here today, like the game was on in my house and. It was on, but I was having kind of feelings about it, and I'm like, mm, I think I'm hitting the point where, yeah, I think protest is sort of necessary. Yeah. Uh, the the Super Bowl is like the most watched televised event um, in the U.S. every year, and I feel like I, I want to see that not happen this year. I want to see the numbers dip in a very significant way. It's just fucked up. It it is just literal. No matter how much you try to spin it and say that sports are their own world mm-hmm. and like you know whatever it's almost like with artists where you're like oh you know the art is separate from the artist and yeah. the truth of the matter is is that even back during slavery the way in which they would breed African men in order to have them sort of like fight each other for sport there has been sort of a setup in the sports world where they benefit from certain communities and they're very much aware during their drafts who, who they're picking and what the advantages are in picking certain types of people over others um, even in baseball like with hiring certain like Dominican players and going out and scouting like in DR that whole scouting shit is not as luxurious as it seems no. um, and and it's a problem but we don't want to talk about that problem because we love these teams like sports is such a cult no matter which sport you're watching that you're rooting for you to have the best player you're rooting for all of these things to happen so you're less you know gung-ho about jumping up and talking about it being some sort of injustice um but it's an injustice um we can't i cardi b i was telling juan how i was watching cardi b's rant on colin kaepernick and like she was like oh we can't come for the players we gotta come for these owners and that's partially true like this is their job and yes i do want them to sit out yes i do want them to take these radical moves but they will all get fired one by one before something happens how do we get to the owners without having to have the players do something too crazy like definitely take a knee like when people are so shy about taking a knee and that rule still not in order i'm like just take the fucking knee (laughs) like just take the just do take the stance you know what i mean but um yeah I, i don't know i'm interested to see Sports, theater, movie industry. Oh, because because uh, Weinstein, by the way, he is no longer part of the Academy. They booted him off the Academy mm. for the Oscars. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, that's a big step. How do we get shit like that yeah. accomplished in the sports world? Yeah, I know Lin Manuel and Kiara. I forgot what her name is. Are moving to get the In the Heights movie removed from his like right re- released from him right um, and stuff like that. So now people are like moving to get like 
projects taken away from. Because there's always more of us, quote unquote, yeah. versus the thems who are who are really like fucking shit up. There's always more of us. It's just who's willing to sacrifice something. So yeah. I think in sports, it's just very interesting. Like I love, I'm so gun ho about the Super Bowl, even though I don't watch most of the season. You know, like I'm so gun ho about it. And this year, I'm just kind of not feeling it. I'm kind of okay with not watching the Super Bowl and participating in that because it does sort of feed the pockets of. The, the owners and I love a team that's like the worst team to love when it comes politically I love the Patriots like mm. Tom Brady and the owner like that's the worst fucking like as a woke person right. <laughs> like mm. not, you know what I mean um, anyway anyway and hopefully the performers who do end up booking the Super Bowl get more and more political in, and, the, in their actual performance yeah, in the actual performances I just think it's interesting like how far how far we've come from like the initial reason like why Colin is like doing this or and I also just think it's interesting like how ignorant a lot of people are to why he's doing this you know because a lot of a lot of like these people in the league and shit like that like they're they're really trying to be like you know that he's like boycotting like the national anthem and shit like that when as we all know, like that's not the case at all. You know, there's 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 something that he's fighting for, and he's using that as a vehicle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's not technically um, protesting the national anthem. It's no, like I know that this is a big thing. I'm gonna use this as a vehicle Absolutely. to bring awareness to what I'm actually protesting. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I just think that like, and that's not like fucking rocket science. So I just think it's really really surprising that such a such a simple means of protesting has like really spiraled like out of control and yeah. has taken all these crazy twists and turns and i think that just goes to show how how much uh you know just like i don't know like even like on a governmental level like how much um the power up there just tries to kind of like like distract us from like certain things you know like because mm -hmm. that, that, was, that was something that was so simple that really yeah, it was like it happened in what one game <laughs> no and, and actually like so 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 the history is a little longer than that first he sat out an anthem once and then like and he then had all these letters and then he met with a vet who right. was like you know what i i understand why you're doing it how about taking a knee yeah. that's maybe more respectful to people like me who do who are on the front lines fighting for this mm -hmm. flag yep. um you know and i think it's so interesting even as americans how much we downplay the value of the symbol of the flag because like Sure, like for some of us, it's like it's a fucking cloth, like it's just whatever, and that's true. And, and I'm sort of of that opinion, yeah. But I also understand how outside in other countries and other cultures, those symbols carry a lot of fucking weight, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and the idea of flags and identifying yourself, even when you're a company, like your brand, the way you brand yourself is very important to you, and to see that sort of disrespected is a big deal so i get it for a soldier who, who yeah. feels some type of way i'm like yeah i'm finding because anytime somebody sees this fucking flag there is a feeling that they have towards it and there's a way in which they're ready to act whether it's good or bad but i have to defend it during the bad times right. because that's what they see and that just says everything they don't care about the details it's that flag so i get that um anyway but i just think i just need him to get employed man like if this man does not get picked up like i'm I want people to, to like not watch football anymore. But you know, and I know that's a big thing to say, and I know it's unrealistic. No, no, but like that's the type because that's a very clear statement about what that organization thinks about the rights of them of a huge percentage. Of, what is it like fifty eight percent? Right. Of their players, like that is a clear statement. I don't think I don't think that that's a crazy thing to ask at all. My question is just, what does that? What 
what does that really do? Like, not in terms of, like, the numbers, but what does that really, really to do? To not watch football? Right, because let's say... <laughs> no one gets paid, because the ratings are the beginning of all of that. Right, so let's say everybody stops watching football, Colin does get his job back, he just ends up being one of those people that does not get but paid. But the idea is we watch it if he gets his job. We don't watch it if he doesn't get a job. So you're saying that, like, in one fell swoop, everybody will, like, jump on and jump off. Right. So, and then it's hard. But I, then I feel like then we're not really addressing the actual, actual problem. Issue. No, right. for sure. Which is more than him just getting employed. Right. I'm just saying in terms of a first step, like in the way, because there's the wars and then there's many battles within the war. If the battle is that Colin doesn't get a job at the end of this, then how, what are we going to make as a big power move for the bigger war? Are we going to keep watching this stuff? If, is Beyonce going to get invited and is she going to perform? Right. And let's say she takes that yes and she performs, people will get mad. But if she performs, will she get political as Juan's hood? Because then that makes up for her taking the, the, job. the, the job in essence because she's like, okay, I'm going to use the platform because woke people might not watch it. But then there's a lot of unwoke people and they're the ones who need the lesson. So I still need to say yes so they can see me in a Black Panther's outfit. They can see whoever, whatever mm-hmm. artist it is, you know what I mean? In that sort of thing and saying like, yeah, we're still disrupting what's, you know, what you're hiding behind in these sort of in these circles uh, in the sports circles so for sure it's a really complicated issue and it really tears me apart because i think sports is one of those nice things that unifies people despite uh you know race class gender like you know sports is for sports you root for the team you root for but they are bugging out right now so fuck that yeah topic wait i have a tuta loca Okay. Oh, yeah, with the okay. Yeah, super quick. Did you guys hear about what Princess Nokia did recently? Oh, she with threw soup, soup on the yeah. racist guy. What's funny is because I saw the video and, you know, I saw the headline or whatever, and it was before she came out saying that she was the person in the video. Right. Um, and I was like, yo, that's crazy. Like, this is a case where, you know, New Yorkers are actually, like, not sitting around and ignoring shit, yeah. crazy shit that's going on, but, like, actually standing up for people and stuff like that. So that's cool. But then it was, like, a fan commented. It was like, is that Princess Nokia throwing this to you? <laughs> she was like, spotted. yes. <laughs> spotted. Princess Nokia on the Brooklyn-bound L train. Oh, my God. Yeah, so for the listeners that might not know, so basically um, there was this, like, racist uh, passenger on the L train that was, like, calling like this like group of boys like niggers and shit like that and mm-hmm. she basically like stepped in and like slapped him um and then he started calling like her nigger and then like everybody like kind of like banded together and started like pushing him on the train and like as an added addition as her like last pokemon move she threw like some soup on him <laughs> so um I yeah I think that that's fucking great. Um, I think it's crazy, but I think it's fucking great. Yeah, I was all there for it when I saw it was her and like low key. I'm trying to book her for uh, a benefit event for Puerto Rico that we're doing, uh, which we'll talk about later. But um, for sure, like I think that that's a bold ass statement. And I, I said it last week too. Like I need people with platforms to just start doing shit and stop acting like the people who love them are not going to support them no matter what. Like, she threw that soup. Some people might be like, it was too much. I think it was just right. Thank you, princess, <laughs> yes, for yes, that. Thank you, princess. And, like, I will buy I, your albums. Keep pouring soup. Her. Like, I don't know. Have you met her? No, I've never have met her. Have you met her? I have not. Um, she's a huge Shits Management Say fan, first off. Um, yes. I met, her, I met her before she was Princess Nokia when she was Wavy Spice. Um, That's right. And I actually saw her perform. I never met her, but I saw her perform at... um. Azealia's Mermaid Ball a few years. Oh back. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was there yeah. too. Yep. Um, 
she is like kind of like the realist of the real at the moment. Um, I don't know. You can have your opinions on the on her talent wise, but I feel like she keeps it real, very one hundred percent in everything that she does, and um, I'm here for it. Bruckner speaks about her a lot because they went to the same school together. Nice. I just wanna. I I would love to have like her, Nitty Scott, and Azealia Banks like in the same room because oh I feel God. like I don't know. I just feel like magic can happen. I agree. I agree. Yeah. No. That's that's totally dope. So our first topic. Now we're getting a little more serious, but um, schools and guns, right? So this is an ongoing American conversation, but. Recently, that that young man who killed his fellow student who stabbed him to death, he was being bullied. Um, And that was a big incident. And then in that same week, I read an article saying that there was a threat uh, at LaGuardia High School, which is where me and Juan went to for high school. So that was a little scary, Um, especially because we used to make not jokes or, or jokes we were assholes we were kids we were assholes we'd make jokes about like which student was the most likely to be the one to yeah. shoot the school down yeah for us for us it was there was this kid who his watch was synced to the bell down to the t so he would count down like he if you had a class with him you know to look at him because he'd start like packing up and you're like oh he's packing up and then he'd count down he would mouth it and he'd be like three two, nah. one, and then he'd point up and the bell would go. Like, nah, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can't remember his name. He was, like, even on the baseball team. I can't remember his name, but, like, that motherfucker was one of those kind of days. So we were like, yep, I'm his, I'm going to be nice to him because right. I don't want his ass shoot. He'd count it down, like, three, two, one, and unleash these bullets. Like, we right. were terrified. Yeah. Um, but it was a really, like, first of all, we think about, like, schools and how they set them up. And we don't want our kids to feel like they're walking into a prison every time they're walking into school because there are certain schools, especially like in the Bronx. Oh my God. Um, I, got I, can speak, I can speak to personally on, on wildlife conservation school because I subbed there. Right. Two Metal years detectors ago. and shit. You feel like yeah. you're going through airport security. Um, no, no, actually not. Not at that school. Not at that school. But there are schools. Um, that there have are schools. Literal, like, that. like perhaps, airport. perhaps had they had airport security at the school, he wouldn't have gotten in with a knife. Yeah. But. Uh, but is that what we want for our kids? Is no, also the like. But the the thing about it is that it's one of those schools where the the administration is not strong. Um, the teachers are scared of the students. You know, a lot of them are of the whiter um, array of teachers that are teaching in a poor district to get those loan forgiven. Um, and so, like, I know, like, when I heard it happened, first off, let me preface it with like, I my my school, which is in the same district, had an early dismissal um hmm. and so we were all like why are we why are we why are we having an early a rapid dismissal why are we having a rapid dismissal oh somebody got stabbed somebody died in the same district and it was like oh okay and then come to find out it was this kid who stabbed his bully um the bullying had been going on for weeks Ugh. so mind you this happened three weeks into the school year so it had been going on for two weeks already. So that means the entire school year he had been bu- being bullied. Right. Who knows if this had been happening in the summer, yep. if this had been happening the year before. But for two weeks, this child was bullied. And the school did nothing. And now somebody's dead because of it. Mm-hmm. So you can take it and be like, oh, well, bullying doesn't justify homicide. But you can also take it as, all right, do we prefer our, our LGBT students to kill themselves mm-hmm. because they're being bullied or fight back? Right. What are we doing? You know, what did the school do? Where was the teacher? You don't hear anything about the teacher in that classroom. And that's where I was like, I was really thinking about this a lot. I don't, ladies who run chair listeners, I'm a teacher. Um, right. 
I, anything can happen in 30 seconds, you know? Was the teacher stepping out? Were they talking to a student? Because that school is a type of school where it's one of those schools where you're lucky if you keep everybody in the classroom safe. Right. You know? Were they outside? Did they step outside? Were they late for class? Like, what? There were, there were teachers who were late for class all the time in LaGuardia, but we, yeah. never, well, yeah. I mean, we weren't stabbing people, but like... No. But we could have. And honestly, I think <laughs> but we could have. No, 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 no. But I think I think that part of it, uh, part of the bigger conversation, obviously, when you talk about the growth and development of ch- and development of children, you also talk about the different agents of socialization, which influence their world, um, whether it's the immediate home, whether it's the school sphere, the community, media, government, like what, like you know, these bigger circles. It's hard to, to decide, like, how do you balance the way in which these different outlets are unequal in what they teach? So I can be in a really good home, right? And they always say the home is the most important part, right? Which is true, but if the home is not stable, then what things are in place, as Juan was saying, like, what things are in place on the teacher level to protect this? But if it's not a teacher level thing, then how is, you know, you know policy or the community as a whole encouraging this? Because, for example, when I worked with young kids, so I was never, like, a certified teacher but I did tons of workshops with young teens and designed them and yada yada um but it's that layer of like I can try to teach LGBTQ tolerance to my students and I would and I would all the times I'd, I'd always draw the gender bread man uh or excuse me gender bread person um to for my students and like so disassociate you know what you what you identify as versus what you express yourself as clothing wise and what you're assigned at birth as and I'd get into these conversations and then I'd have students who are either super religious and like were always like yeah but that's not what the bible says or like I could teach them that and they look at me and they're like yeah but I can't say shit like that in my house because my mom will like slap me it will pop me in the mouth and I'm like advocating for these groups and so you're always there's a constant struggle between like who's accepting to who and what's going on so uh, oftentimes for LGBTQ students it's not just oh I'm being bullied in school it could be happening in school and then maybe their mom knows they're out and their mom is okay with it, but maybe their dad's not. Or maybe they every time they have a family function, like maybe their parents accept them, but everybody else doesn't. So they're out mm. outcast by their by their cousins or you know, or if in school, like if it's both and then, you know, they see on the media something like the Orlando shootings happening or they see fucking Trump speaking at a, you know, anti LGBT rally you know what I mean and then their president like all these layers that you have to think of when a young person is viewing themselves in this world and they're already natural naturally insecure even if you are the straightest cis most white kid in the United States there's something that challenges you in your space as a teenager so it's so hard I, I, it actually breaks my heart I don't know what the answer is I don't know because we can say we can train our teachers better as social workers or we can get more money in place so there can be social workers in school but like how where where are the lack of resources and is it one specific lack of resource that we can blanket everywhere or are we going to take the time to target each specific school to give the resources and there's so much work that goes into it that it seems like no one is really willing to do everyone mm. takes their job description at heart and a teacher can say i'm here to teach this subject no like, more no less no mm. more no less because otherwise then they start sacrificing their emotions and then they're getting into like a different realm of something they don't understand if i'm coming from fucking midwest and i end up in a school in the south bronx and my i really just wanted to teach the kids who are passionate about math and you're talking about bullying and then you talk about layers of masculinity within uh communities of color like you start getting into some specific shit that 
I'm just here for the math. Like I'm, and that's, and can you blame those teachers? And like, are are we just living in times that no matter what industry you're in, schools, government, like media, that we have to all unconsciously agree that we want to make a better world and thus we will be conscious in our decisions and not selfish in our decisions on how we want to engage these. So I don't want to selfishly say, I'm just a math teacher and my job is just to make sure their scores are there and not worry about what's happening in, in their home life or if that student is continuously bullying them on Facebook. Like if it happens in front of me in the class, I can send him to the principal's office. But if it's happening on Facebook, that's not my business anymore. That's not my territory. But like we need to make a conscious decision now, like as people in every industry that we're in, like how much work are we willing to put in to go above and beyond to prevent these things? I feel like it's um, I personally feel like it comes down to, you know, this is not like the ultimate solution, but I feel like to start out, it comes down to two things. I feel like it comes down to communication and and redirecting and i say that because a lot of the times we just don't some people don't know how to have those conversations and they're like looking for the answer on like how to start them or like how to begin them and things like that and it's like you just have to start the conversation you know like um for example like i was like doing this thing over the summer like with these kids and one of the kids was like going around like calling um this other boy uh, a faggot like he kept calling him like a faggot and I feel like there's this thing where like educators choose to like ignore some shit you know what I mean like because I feel like at the end of the day like we practically like hear everything Mm -hmm. so I feel like it's important to like make that presence known and like let the kids know that like I can hear everything I see everything you know what I mean like put that kind of like awareness slash like fear in them and what I did immediately was I immediately like pulled that boy to the side and it wasn't about like scolding him but like I chose to have a conversation with him um a it was a I just like to do this sometimes like when I'm bored with the kids like I'll just like pretend like interview them so I decided to do that you know I was like hey like do you know what you're actually saying like do you know what that word means and he said no um but I could tell that he picked it up um from his household uh because I could just from like watching his like mom like drop him off a little bit like I could automatically like examine what could like go down in that house so i was like all right this is probably just a word that he picked up in the house he doesn't really know what it means right so first i got down to the bottom of that wasn't my place to teach him no but he's out here saying it so might as well you know like educate him you know so i equivalented it to i was like um i asked him oh do you know what the n-word is and he said yes and i was like okay well that's kind of a word that's as offensive as the n-word for people that like um people of the same like gender you know so like like, that's how i like basically broke it down to him and then and then he started to like get it and he was like oh he's like well no like that's not i didn't want to like be like that mean and like blah 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 and i was like all right well what's the lesson that that we learned and then he was like well i'm not gonna say that anymore and i was like cool i was like spend 20 minutes chill out by yourself and i feel like you know we got that accomplished and he for the rest of the summer wasn't saying that you know what i mean so i feel like it just all begins with like conversation and like dissecting like do people really know what they're doing at the end of the day and all this other shit and then if you don't know how to do that 
The second thing, I said redirecting. Every school has a guidance counselor, mm-hmm. point period blank. Yeah. And if your guidance counselor does not know how to initiate that conversation, then that's a whole nother fucking conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to be hiring somebody else who's equipped to, like, be able to start that conversation. So it's all about, one, acknowledging the problem, realizing that it exists, realizing that it's going on. And if you cannot directly address and communicate it, redirect to somebody who can. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I it's so heartbreaking. I think about that that kid and in the Bronx and I think about the fact that on both ends like there's there's a kid yeah. that's never going to see the light of day again. Yep. Yeah. For and let's let's put this into perspective. Kid who was being bullied was 18 and the I think it was 10th grade and the kids who were doing the bullying were 16. Wow. So Granted, there are uh, multiple factors that go into that, which, like, was he left Was he left behind, or right. was he like this or that, whatever. But, like, the kid stabbed the kid that died, turned around, stabbed the other one who tried to stop him, and then walked to the guidance counselor, handed her the knife, or handed them the knife, and then waited in the main office for them to call the police. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that I feel like in my in well my in my head, like, and I think back on like times when I was bullied, and if I were brought to that extent, that would be like my finest hour, where I'm like, you know what, I finally fucked with you, and maybe you're dead, but like, <laughs> quite possibly, quite possibly you might be dead, but like, think of like mentally in that state where you have been bullied to the point where you just don't give a fuck, right? Yeah. That I'm you didn't he didn't try to leave, he didn't try to run, right? He waited in the main office for them to call the cops. Yeah, it's just bullying is not what it used to be. Like, I don't know. It's as though I, I say it as though that's something to be nostalgic about. But like, there was someone who I considered like my bully a little bit, who I like emailed today to like partner on an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like where I had the resources, where I had the people around me. For every time that she was saying things or getting people to heckle on me in a way that made me feel small, I had educators around me, whether they were New York Board of Ed teachers or like people who worked in nonprofits, like in my other ear trying to remind me that that's not true. Like what is happening is not true. And are we especially for our LGBTQ kids, do we have enough of those resources in place? Because even as a person who worked in after-school programs, there would be certain staff who, let's say, uh, a, you know, a black male, where I'd be like, oh, he's so good for our black boys to like show them and be an example. Blah, blah, blah. That's the same gentleman who, if a kid who was a boy did something that was a bit feminine, would would like giggle at the AOs and stuff and then tell that kid, like, all right, chill out, rather than empowering that kid and telling right. the other kids not to make fun of him because mm-hmm. of his own like social, Insecure, you know, yeah. insecurities with, with, you know, social conditionings around gay men, you know. So it's so hard. And there's so many layers, but I just want to say, you know, my condolences to the families uh, of the, both, both kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both kids because Honestly. really... Um, no violence is good. No violence is justified. Uh, I think that it's a very important moment for the community to really think about 
how we all play a role. And it wasn't just a school-related incident. This kid must have been walking in a world where even just a kid younger than him, bullying him was enough to pull, pull him to that point. Seriously. That means it was more than that kid. It was it, it was other contexts in his world yeah. that really drove him to that. And also, you know, not to dive into it, but mental health and community of colors, mental mm-hmm. health and community of colors. It's an issue, and it's something that we don't tackle enough. So, again, my condolences. I hope that we can learn from this as whatever community we're from, and maybe we don't have to see more of it. Word. Word. (laughs) Topic two, Trump the dump. Um, Trump this week was talking about how he... he, we're not going to be in Puerto Rico much longer because we can't support them forever as, as as though they came to us for help because they are their own fucking country and they're like, no, <laughs> these are uh, they are our responsibility, which is why we owe them to be there for them. I'm just so over this, man. I'm like, <laughs> I have never wished violence on anyone more than this man. Let me tell you, <laughs> I never wanted to snatch a wig off a motherfucker's head more <laughs> oh than I did God. when I saw him launching those toilet paper, uh, yeah. excuse me, the, the paper towels into the audience. Pero... And then these people, the people who I saw celebrating and like taking photos at the same time, I wanted to choke them a little harder than I wanted to choke him because I, it didn't make they any... They were planted. I swear to God they were I, And I, you know what? I don't even argue that. I think that that's absolutely possible. But the same way there are politicians on the island, there was this one lady. Oh, I don't even, I didn't even get, I didn't open the article because I just saw that it was her, her tagline was Trump has given us all the aid we've asked for. Like, mm. almost like, get off his back. He's doing everything that we need him to do. And I'm like, bitch, who the fuck, who's... Excuse me, this is going to sound terrible. Whose dick are you sucking right now? Mm. Like, mm. I, honestly, like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, what are you writing so hard that you think that you need to step up and defend Trump in any sort of way? As a Boricua, as a Boricua, which shows that people's politics this day and age go before their pride and their colonialism or whatever the f- nationalism, excuse me, not colonialism. Colonialism is what America does. Um, but with their national, you know, like their national pride, like fuck you, he's been helping. He's also talking about pulling out early and pulling resources like FEMA. And you guys only have like 10% of the island with power right now. You have people dying because their medication can't be h- held cold in a fridge. And they, you know what I mean? Like you have so much going on. Fuck you, he's doing enough he's right. not doing enough when harvey happened and this is not to say that harvey's the attention that harvey got didn't wasn't deserved it was absolutely deserved but right. puerto rico also deserves that level of attention mm. and that level of oh we're never gonna leave your side and blah 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 this is the same motherfucker who met himself on another island like are you seriously honestly, defending this man no. honestly truly i can't i can't fathom it and, and he said that and it really pissed me off um which leads me to say like you know, uh, Skittles and I are organizing an event for November 2nd at WeWork Harlem. Um, and it's an event, you know, it's a relief night for Puerto Rico. So we're going to be collecting non-perishables and cans and good. And actually, New York Dose New is York part. Dose will New, be there. Right, New York Dose will be there. Skittles Music TV, Elsa Ladies, Who Bronche, we're all sort of doing this together. If you've um, ever wanted to see Cesar La Princesa live in action, come This through. is the time, right? So we're, we're setting up a couple of avenues. So like we all have like a five can minimum for entry, which is literally like $5 or less if you're buying cans that are like 60 cents each, whatever. Um, but we we have that minimum entry, so we'll be collecting cans, but also we'll have vendors and opportunities for vendors to be there and sell their product. A fucking piragua cart. Right, we have this awesome <laughs> piragua cart. I've been coming. using that to like 
like, incentivized. Cars, come no, in no, 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 because that was so important <laughs> to me. Like, I was like, what are Puerto Rican staples? And like, mind you, piraguas, Dominicans call them junjums, right? So like, it's a it's a Latin thing. But like, I was like, yeah, we're having an event, and like, we need to have some sort of piraguas and boozy piraguas too, which is hey, something we're gonna do. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, so what it is is you hop on a bike and you like bike a little bit, and that shaves the ice that you're gonna then have for your drink. And that company, every time they do an event, um, they donate part of their proceeds to a cause. This year, their cause is bringing clean water to countries where it's difficult to have access to clean water. So every time you hire them, you're, in essence, donating to that cause, which is really awesome. But anyway, we're putting together this event, um, and it's it, we really want folks to come out. We want everyone. We're doing it in Harlem. There's many, many WeWork locations that we could do it in that are big and bougie, but like we are specifically doing it in Harlem because it's right near Spanish Harlem, and we want this to really be an opportunity for the community and not just like the businesses that are within the space to really step up and do something. And we're going to be celebrating Puerto Rican culture and the food, the drink, like all this stuff. It's going to be great. Um, and I say that to say Puerto Rico, you know, ladies who bronche, we're small, but we're here for you. And we will be doing everything in our power to support you as will New York dose. Hey. So we're here. Um, if even if Trump wants to pull out like a little pussy, pull out before we come. Exactly. You want to pull out before we come. Oh, Fuck you. And he, and he ain't even eat it out. Like, and he ain't even eat like, this pussy. He just want to grab it, bitch. I need this one. With his little right? stubby fingers. Exactly. Fuck out of here. Fucking orange ass. Like little, uh, <laughs> wig wearing ass. And my clit orange now. Exactly. Like, fuck out of here. <laughs> Musty ass balls. Ew. Anyway. His little pee pee. I did what. I did also want to highlight the fact that he spoke at that. I mentioned earlier an oh, anti LGBTQ event. Um, he said some really terrifying words. Um, where I literally like I back Merry Christmas. Well, yeah, which that, that was one thing. He was, that like, was oh, one of them. We're gonna be able to say Christmas again. Like we want to be able to say Merry Christmas again. They've taken away that right. Suck my dick. Um, and he also said that you know anti LGBTQ voices will no longer be silenced. Um, that you know it, it, there's no reason to silence their voices anymore. Yada yada yada. This motherfucker is B613, pull up. Like B613, pull up, Shonda. <laughs> I literally, I was like, he, first of all, I want to hear every Trump supporter that was part of the LGBTQ community who was like, oh, but he's making promises to us. He literally said to them, he's like, oh, I'm going to keep my comp campaign promise to you, anti-LGBTQ folk, that you will no longer be silenced. Like, it's such a complicated thing because if you want to be super technical, you're like, oh, yeah, he's, like, making sure that freedom of speech is the same across the lines. But bullshit he is because he's also trying to silence the media and the media that sort of represents the voices of folks who don't under who don't um, agree with him. So he's not, you know, and it's so hard to have so many idiots in the country. <laughs> because, like, when you're trying to make that point where you're like, you know, he dead set told the LGBTQ community that he was behind him, and he also just dead said that he was going to support the it's people who don't, <laughs> God, who don't think they deserve rights. So, like, which side is he? And, like, who, like, that's... Whose man's is this? Somebody come and get man. him. Like, I, I said this online the other day, and I'm, I mean it. I really hope that, like, one of his Secret Service or, like, one of his assistants or whatever just, like, trips him every once in a while. <laughs> right. Or, like, you know, when the hairdresser is, like, making sure the toupee is on right, like, yanks it really hard. I feel sometimes. like if anybody's going to be a bitch to him, like, it would have been Omarosa while she was up in there. 
But you know, that bitch was not gonna. I don't even no. know what she was doing there in the first place. Yeah. I was disappointed. I was disappointed. I was never an Omarosa fan, but like I was real disappointed. I was like, I know what you're doing out here. I know what you're trying to do. I get. I see it. Yeah. I see it. But like, is now the time? Like, you couldn't do it some other way. Like, you couldn't just be heavy on the campaign trail. Like on some shit. Like you would have gotten the same amount of attention. Because honestly, nobody's looking for that bitch right now. And no, she got nobody. her position. Nobody cares. Nobody's looking for you, Mama. No. So what did you really accomplish? You just betrayed your people. You made them. You know, have to bend over. And let him fuck them up the ass how do you feel do you yep. feel responsible do you like you know it's honestly anyway but speaking to that same uh community of the lgbtq community today i wanted to chat a little bit about inclusivity in the gay community and how certain folks are outcasts and i really want to pass this on to you derek and skittles like to own this conversation i I think a lot, like as a woman, we talk a lot about like how the standards that we have to keep up with. And last week when we were talking about um, the inequality in eating out and like how, you know, when you're in a more feminine position, you, you sort of have to fit default to the, you know, male representatives desires. But I think it goes past that. So the same issues that we have as women where we feel like maybe weight is an issue or like a lot of little things still happens within the gay community. It's not my community. It's not my experience to speak on. So I just wanted to hear from the two of you guys. You know, what are some of the standards that people want and what's unrealistic and unfair about it? Um, I'll start off. I think that a lot of the stuff that you see in mainstream media translates to the gay community 100%. Yeah. So we like to wander around talking about, oh, one love and love wins and such and such and such. But love wins only when you're not fat and you have a perfect yep. body. And... No Asians, no femmes, no fatties, no no black, you know, no Latino or um, no whites or like, you know, um, we have a tendency to kind of like create all these different, you know, sectors. Yeah, sectors within within the gay community dividing us, even though we're constantly fighting for unity and equality and and stuff like that. Um and I think it's, like, really tiring. I think that's why um, I'm always trying to have, like, Skittles be the every type of stereotype out there because I'm not the quintessential gay guy, you know, um, where I have a nice body and, you know, I'm also pretty and good at makeup and stuff like that. You know, like, um, you look at people who are in the forefront of our LGBT um, audiences and they're all like these Ken bar Ken Ken dolls, you know. Um, and you know, if you're a little bit femme, you know, you have these, you, you have these bottoms like all of a sudden muscling up and becoming like super like jacked, like grizzly men looking guys, and then you have like everybody like hating on the femboys and like, um, I don't know, it's just so interesting. Yeah, um, my, we are, the gay community is very much, it's a very, I feel like media, social media, social platforms have made us very, um, uh, how do I say, like, we're like shoppers, like, they've transformed us into, like, shoppers, and when I say that, I mean, so, for example, like, when it comes down to, like, our dating apps, right, our dating apps, we, if, if from what I understand, the hetero dating apps, like, you guys aren't so, 
uh, based on like location. Whereas like in our dating apps, it's you very know how far you are. Ex- yeah, it's very you know your weight exactly. Your height, yeah, your yeah. Age. What community do you? Look for yep. you, do you want a bear? Do you want a twink? Yep. Do you want a femme? Do you want a trans girl? Do you want with, you know? within the first three within the first three sentences of um, a conversation on you know like the hetero sites, you know you'll probably get across like what each other's name is at the most. You know within the first three sentences on our sites. You'll know if, you'll know what position the other person's playing, like top or bottom. You'll know um, if that person, if you're that person's preference. You'll know uh, where that person works. Like where it's a lot more just like, here's what it is. Here's what we want. When can we get it? You know yeah. what I mean? And I yes. feel like media has played a huge role in that, um, as Juan has said before, because like everybody's looking for these images that are portrayed um, you know, like on the screen or like in the magazines and it's like if you're not that chiseled, um, such and such, you know, like right. you're gonna have a much harder time. Which then transforms into the whole thing about like catfishing. Like I feel like catfishing is a lot more present in me and Juan's world mm-hmm. than it is in the hetero world because in our world you have a lot you have a lot of these DL niggas using uh-huh. other people's yeah. um pictures until, you know, they send you their real picture privately. You know, they do that shit. They'll have somebody else's picture, and then when they finally realize that you're you and who you are, they'll send their and they'll be like, "This is really me." Somebody hit me up the other day and was like, "I think somebody's using your photo." I was like, "What?" And then he sent he screenshotted me the conversation. It was this DL nigga that was using my fucking picture. No way! (laughs) Are you fucking kidding? That's crazy. And that's another thing about like these DL dudes. Like we also have that factor. Like you don't have. I mean, I guess you do have gay men trying to fake a straight, but, like, you don't have gay guys trying to have sex with straight people. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah, you're I don't right. know, like, It's not as big like, of an issue. Like, I don't feel like every other guy I've ever tried to talk to, it's like, oh, he might be gay. Like, that's not something that I'm thinking about. Right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I don't have to worry about, like, DL. I've grown, like, like um, yeah, I'm on that grind. I do have a grinder profile. And, like, I've grown to the idea where, like, I put my, like, uglier picture as a profile picture so that it's like you know what you're getting you know what you're getting and so that it's like one of those things because then if i put a picture of me with makeup on then i get a lot of dl dudes who are like oh are you gonna wear makeup when i come to you um do you wear panties do you do this do you that do you act like a girl can i call you a girl's name blah blah, blah. and it's like dude calm down right. all i did was spend 34 dollars on my fancy palette and i wanted to show it off like fuck it fuck out of here right right you know and then if I have, like, a mask-looking picture where, like, I'm looking more like a dude, then it's like, oh, I didn't know you were femme. I didn't know you acted like a girl. I'm not into it. So it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, like... It's a, yeah, it's it's a, a weird a, round. A weird round. Definitely a weird round. Um, and also, so, uh, yeah, it's just a lot. Um, it also boils down to, like, expression, too, right? So, like... Something that like Juan will always tease me for is he'll be like he cheated. Yeah, he'll tell me and explain that he'll be like. Okay, <laughs> so I say I say Derek cheated because I never got the chance to think that I was straight. Ha! Huh. I never got the chance to try and act straight. Huh. I never got the chance to do that because I was already labeled gay from kindergarten. I was being called a faggot in kindergarten. Jesus. You know, um, whereas Derek was straight until college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then came back on winter break and ta la la unicorns and glitter. So I always joke around saying that Derek cheated because because he has like a and I say this mostly because he has a certain relationship with guys that I will never have and I have never had. Can I you don't say have, a little bit more on that? I don't do have mean? like straight guy friends that are like just straight guy friends um, without like, the fear of me hitting on them. Right. Um, and I can honestly 100% say like even the straight guys that I socialize now might have that fear of like, yo, like that was too much mm. from me. Whereas like, I normally slide, I can slide in with like the bro ship, you know, like I can, they'll hit me like, they'll end up being the sus one out of like our friendship like they'll call me over like at booty hours to play fucking video games and this Ooh. kind of thing you know what i'm saying like but what that does for me it like that plays on me like psychologically also because it's kind of like then i'm playing this like double game of like do you fucking know what you're doing right now like do you expect me to be the one because you know what i mean so right. which is why i've just come to this place where it's like i never make the first move like at all in any of my little like straight man endeavors which is a lot um <laughs> i never tune into the new york dose for, <laughs> for more of that from Derek. yeah my saga with straight men um but yeah that yeah so i i have conditioned myself to just never make the first move which is also like kind of crippling you know like in mm. my sex life because because i don't want to put i don't ever want to put on that fear or like i just don't want to be the one that they come to at the end of the day and it's kind of like oh like you did this like you made us do this you made this no you're never gonna catch me in that situation because i'm gonna be like no nigga it was you that made the first move you did this da 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 you know keep those receipts keep those receipts always so it's like it's like neither like each world comes with like its own like uh, repercussions you know um yeah, I forgot yeah, what your good. initial question was. It was no, we were just talking we were about just the inclusivity um, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I just so think I, 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 but like, I, I, I think that's like such a funny thing that I always make fun of you for like <laughs> cheating your way in, like. Yeah, it's just such an interesting dynamic. Like literally, you can see the difference in how guys interact with, with you us, yeah. and how they interact with me. Because the way they interact with me, it's like as if they're interacting with a girl, but not as compassionate. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. No, I know. It's like, it's like it's like just approaching the line. Yeah. But making sure not to accidentally cross it. Whereas with me, it's like because it's like that bro thing. It's like yeah, like uh, oh yeah, like I'll slap your ass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because right. you know, it's a very weird. Um, yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> it's a very weird uh, world. Um, but yeah, when it comes to inclusiveness, no, I feel like, and this is why, and another thing is so funny, Juan will always try, like, I don't, I don't do the gay scene, like, at all. Like, yeah. at all. Like, Juan has been trying to get me to go out to clubs for years. <laughs> like, for years. And I always, shoot, like, I'm very um, strong and stubborn and no, you know, yeah. like, no, I'm like, I'm not going. And because I just feel like it's just such a, like, when I go out, I want to just go out with friends, you know, and I just want to, I just want to go out with friends and I just want to dance with my friends, you know? And yeah. it's like the times that I was trying to do the gay thing, the gay scene, like in college, it was just, it was, it was like a fucking, um, I never had a good experience. Yeah. It was like a, <laughs> it's shopping. Like, we, 
we as gay men are always constantly shopping and it's like when i go out with friends i don't want to shop and i don't want to be shopped you know like i right. don't i i don't want to have the fear of like being hit on you know what i mean right. which is why i also um empathize with women a lot that like go to you know your hetero clubs and you don't want to be hit on by men sometimes you want to just fucking dance with their female friends you know right. what i mean that's the same way i am like when i go out with my friends i just want to go out with my friends i don't have to worry i, I don't want to worry about oh which one of us is going to get picked off by the guy or you know what i mean right. like i i don't have the headspace for that i just want to fucking dance um so i just choose to not do it at all that's right. We just want to fucking dance out here, guys. Yeah. Um, thank you both yeah. for your perspective on that. And I think it's definitely an ongoing conversation. Oh, yeah. Oh, more points and aspects to hit on that topic. But for sure, I, I just... So if you're ever wondering why I have my titties out in slumber party, (laughs) know that it's because I'm a big fat bitch who likes to beat a face. Come through. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, Yeah, we're at the end of it all. Um, Any quick shout out, any upcoming things that we want to say? Derek, where can we find you? Um, You can personally find me at DJSJ614 on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Hollywood614 on Snapchat. My Snapchat is lit. Check it out. You can also find me at The New York Dose. Um, Follow The New York Dose on iTunes and SoundCloud and shit. Um, It's type lit. Also... My song is their theme song. Yeah, I was gonna song. say Skittle's yes. song is their theme song. Yes, you, yo, it's what's so good? fucking weird. And what's good, everybody? everybody what's good? I think I'm gonna what's do good, that live. What's good? I think I'm gonna do that live at Oye Mi Canto, which is on November second, and we were so Carla. So we need Derek to that, be dancing yeah, in the background. But yeah, so once you go listen to the podcast and you hear that, then go back to Juan's YouTube and check out right. our video. Yes. Um, and then after good. you leave Juan's YouTube, go to my YouTube because we just did another video together. Yes, yes. Pilala. With Pilala. Pilala popping. She's Pilala back. Poppin'. She's back. So yeah, that's a lot of shit. Um, but that's where you can find me. Amazing. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank uh, you. We'll have more bochinche for you next week. Until then, bronche.